Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? I'm good, I'm good this morning. You're good this morning. That's good to hear. I'm glad that you're good this morning. Why are you good this morning? What are you thankful for this morning? Do you know what I am thankful for actually? So I have a friend who's studying massage therapy... And because they are moment, the best friends ever. Yeah, Can she, I meet this friend? <laughs> you might even know this friend actually. <laughs> but she um she sent a message to a bunch of people yesterday. Yeah, it might have been yesterday morning. And she needs people to yeah, practice. Yeah, she needs on. people to practice. It's like, mm, yep. <laughs> I'll come, I'll come. So yesterday I went and like it was amazing. It was I mean, I normally get like the Such hard Such hard work, you know, helping friends I out, know. you know. It's like just terrible. You just got to be the good guy in the situation. <laughs> You've yeah. got to go on the extra mile here. She's she's trying to get a degree. Yeah. You know. Just being helpful. Just yeah. So this morning I was like, ah, lovely. <laughs> um, what about you? How are you this I'm, I'm morning? I'm just feeling so bad for you. I just like, you know, <laughs> having rough. to endure. Can't believe your friend called you up for a favour like that. Just The best was that she was like, look, I probably am going to need some more people. I was like, yes, I will be more people. I can, <laughs> I can do that for you. <laughs> I can be multiple people. Uh, yeah, because you have multiple names, so you know. I do. <laughs> it's like, it's like but, Sam here is Minnie, today I'm here is Chaz, today I'm here is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what should I be thankful for this morning? Let me think. What did I do yesterday? I drilled lots of holes. I spent the whole day drilling holes yesterday. Oh, what are you doing? Are you building something? Yeah, I'm building a house. Oh, okay. So this is your house. house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's fun. So uh, making steel brackets to go up in the roof. So yeah, it was good. It was good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Be thankful for uh, my drill press today. There you go. I yeah, don't think there I've done we that one go. Before. That's I, a good one. I've, over time, I've been working through my workshop. All the things. Oh, I'm you're using all, your, all the tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know, what 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 would life be without tools? Life would be just, my life. It would not be life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, what's happening with uh, positively different news? Well, in a town in Norfolk, England, there was there was an old man and his wife had died. He was cleaning out some stuff and, you know, put it on the side of the road the way we do with council cleanup. And there was a stuffed toy horse. Anyway, he just, a few days later, some kids, they think we're playing with it. They find it on a grassy hill. Basically, this has now become like the town, the village's little like pet mascot. So oh, yes. it's, just, it's just like been popping up in people's yards, like just with different like What's it called? Like costume things on it and like pretending to be like eating the gardens. And, and this one lady, it turned up at her door. So she made it a Facebook page. And so it is called, wait, I've got it down, Derek Trotter, which apparently based on some 80s sitcom character. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. but nah, me either. Yeah. And then at a bus stop, a toy pony was also found. So now he's got a little buddy called Rodney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and so the this Facebook page is just called Derek Trotter, the globe-trotting pony. And it's just bringing, like, all the residents, like, heaps of joy. Like, people – I think there's about 400 people following this Facebook page. And they're just, like, you know, checking and say, oh, you know, where's, like, Derek and Rodney today? <laughs> and um, So basically what happens if it turns up in your yard or if you find it, 
you go out at night, sneak around, put it somewhere else, put it somewhere else, mm. and, and then sort of see where it's. Yeah. And then it's somebody else's yeah. responsibility. And then potentially take a photo or someone else take, you know, like whatever. I guess, but as long as it's posted, like. But but they were saying it's been a fun thing in this time of like coronavirus and like lockdown and things. That is awesome idea. It's cool, right? Like uh-huh. just simple. Um, and I love that it started potentially because some kids were like, "Ooh." thing that we could play with <laughs> yes <laughs> let's played with it for a while and then left it left it yeah <laughs> as kids are prone yeah, to pretty, do pretty standard isn't it <laughs> classic, classic kids <laughs> and somebody's just going oh look at that a random stuffed horse on top of a hill let's put it somewhere else let's put it somewhere else yeah that's cool that's i think that's great they actually this is a bit of a side note but i had a friend once who wanted to bring her her community together, like her little street <laughs> And so she, at midnight, would like went and dug like holes in all of her neighbors out to like to bury watermelon seeds because she was trying to like grow them or sunflowers or something. And um, they figured it was her because she was like their yard was the one with like heaps of them. <laughs> they're like, oh man, why are these things growing? And she was like, no, no, they won't be angry when they realize how good it is. <laughs> Do you know that it had the same effect as this? Yeah. Well, hey, someone planted uh, garlic in my. Yeah, oh, I'd be happy about that. Uh, I think it was like while we were moving in, they found some garlic on the street and just like oh. sneakily planted it in the front yard, and now it's just growing nicely. Lovely. This is not the end of the world. If someone planted a watermelon in my front yard, I'd, 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 I'd I'm just so grow. happy. I'd, I'd, I'd eat it. Yeah, yeah. Like, of let course. it grow. Let it grow. Yeah. Why, why kill it? <laughs> um, another story we have. Um, so this is in an antique store. Um, called Remarkable Cleanouts. <clears throat> it's owned by this man called whose name is Mark Waters. And recently there was a 23-year-old Boston college student and he came in, he's a self-taught piano player. He sat down at like a two, I don't know pianos at all, but it's a Whitney piano, if that yep. means anything to anyone. Whatever. Um, yeah, so it about, means something to Liam. Yeah. <laughs> about $200 and he just sits down and plays um, a song that he's taught himself. The salesperson takes a video of it. Um, anyway, there's heaps and heaps of views, so then the local news station wants to find out who this person is. Because he's wearing a mask. Like, he's wearing a mask for coronavirus. As we all do, these yeah. days. And so they're like, hey, like, who is this guy? And so he saw this video, he was like, oh, like, that's, that's me playing. But he didn't, you know, think anything remarkable of it. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, he comes in and he's just, like, talking to the people. And I just think, oh, this guy's so lovely. So, because, like, a bunch of customers have stopped to listen, that's why they're like, oh, this guy can play. Um... So this guy's name was John Capron, and so he went, he's talking to the owner, da, 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 and so Mark, he's like, I want to give him this $200 um, piano for free. And then he's like, why stop there? I have this $3,000 piano sitting in the back that's not being used. Why not give him that? And so John, like, you know, like, he, <laughs> um, you know, played something like this before. <clears throat> Sorry. And, and then because he starts crying, like Mark starts crying, and I just love that he was like, it's just going to sit there. So if it can bring it, if you can bring it into somebody else's life and bring it and bring it back to life, then that is what life's about. And then he was like, you know, God bless America. <laughs> like, I love that patriotism. But he's, and then he's like, you know, I wish I could do this every day. Yep. Um, and yeah, but the problem is that um, John, the college student, he lives like on the fourth floor of an apartment somewhere. So they don't really oh, know how to transport how on earth it. They need a crane. Yeah, through the window. Yep, I guess so. But yeah, <laughs> but he's you know until then he'll just come and play it. But I was like three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a pretty significant uh, piano right there. Yeah, and it sort of makes you wonder how many pianos are there 
just sort of sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. They've just become a piece of furniture, a dust collector. Nobody's playing them. Nobody's using them. And, you know, maybe this is something for you to think about. If you've got one that's collecting dust, you know, in a back room somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's a decent piano, it's, you know, pass it on to somebody that might use it. Absolutely. And like this. Do you play any musical instruments? Uh, I do. (laughs) I wouldn't say any well. I played the flute for seven years. Yes. um, Put it down one day and just never picked it back up. Um, okay. Just one day randomly. And then at that time when I stopped playing, I tried to start teaching myself piano. Got to love the old hymns because they're really repetitive and simple. Um, and that was really fun. But then, yeah, my mum got rid of the, got rid of the piano. It was like a $50 cheap piano, you know. Um, but I love that. And I just kind of noodle on the guitar. I don't know. I play enough that people you like noodle you. noodle on the guitar. Well, I play enough that people think I can play, but I'm like, no, that, that's all I know. Like, <laughs> that's all I've got. But I love music. Would yes. love to play super well. Um, don't mind that I don't, but it is one of the – as every person I've met who was meant to practice as a kid and didn't, we're all like, why didn't we do it? So do you think you'll ever go back to the flute? Um, I would. I think – I would like to have a place to play it, and that was one of the reasons I stopped. You know, it just kind of wears a guitar you can transport a little bit more easy. Yeah, flute's, um, flute, flute's not like a trumpet, though. It's not going to blast all the neighbours off the end of the street. No, no. It's a quieter kind of, yeah. more pleasant kind of sound. I would, I would. If someone went, hey, would you play this, I don't know, in church or something, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, But yeah. I'd have to remember. <laughs> 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 we will have to invite you sometime. Get back on the flute. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, joining us on the phone this morning is Kent Kingston from Signs of the Times uh, magazine. Kent, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Faith FM, and hello, everyone. Now, Kent, I've just been sitting here thinking about how uh, appropriate the title for your magazine is, Signs of the Times. I mean, the last 12 months, what you know, what has been going on in our world? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, this, look, this whole thing of, I mean, even from 2019, you know, when we had these unseasonal bushfires that kicked off, um, yeah, then, you know, floods and now COVID that just seems to drag on and on. It's it's uh, a, a little ironic, really, because, you know, back in March and April, people started, um, you know, writers started submitting articles to us about COVID, and I was like, oh, come on, really? You know, but we're not going to be able to publish these till, you know, June, July, August, you know, and by then it's going to be all over. No one's going to be wanting to talk about COVID by then, you know, it's going to be dated. Uh, and now, I mean, in, in this month's magazine, for example, there's a really great uh, reflective piece um, about COVID, you know, um, and it's sort of uh, written with uh, with the thought in mind, you know, what so what did we learn from COVID, um, you know, possibly with a view for um, that, it may have been over by now, but it's clearly not. Um, <laughs> not so at all. What, it's more on fire than it's ever been. Yeah. So, so a, a topic that I anticipated would be well over by now is um, still very much front and centre. Um, and this was this was unanticipated, um, very much so. And I, I guess that it does illustrate that it's difficult for for us to know you know in in our own human strength you know what the future holds what's coming next what's what's around the the next corner and certainly i think a lot of people are asking the question you know what is going on in in the world um and it's a it's a challenge for some people i mean i was i was uh, listening to an interview uh yesterday with um you know with with uh the the kids helpline um and the 
unfortunately, the statistics there are that, that there has actually been a rise in um, anxiety and depression and kids um, self-harming and this sort of stuff. There's a, a lot of concern about, you know, what is going on? What does the future hold? Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people are asking those questions. And, and from a biblical point of view, I mean, I, I know a lot of Christians are being driven back to their Bibles and are asking themselves the question, you know, what does the Bible say uh, about you know, what is going to happen in the end times, um, the signs of those times, um, which is, as you've alluded to, Lali, is the, the title of our magazine, you know, what, what are the, the signs of the times? Um, so, yeah, certainly it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, relevant um, title for, a, for a, a, a magazine right now. Um, we, we actually do take a little bit of a look at, um, uh, you know, what is happening in the future. In fact, we, we go into the far future. We've got a great article called The Longest Time Out. Um, and I guess it really tackles that issue of, um, you know, if, if you could ask God anything, what would you ask him? Um, you know, so many of us, you know, who, who do believe in God have questions in terms of, you know, God, how, how did, why do you allow evil? Why do you allow suffering? You know, why didn't you just stop it? Um, why didn't you answer my prayer? Um, you know, how is it that, you know, as the Bible often says, you know, how is it that the, the wicked prosper while the righteous seem to die young? You know, this, this sort of stuff. The Bible actually tells us that there's going to be a time of a thousand years um, where, uh, you know, those who are in heaven, who, who have, um, you know, accepted um, Jesus and his sacrifice, um, are going to have an opportunity to ask God for a thousand years, you know, why? Um, and to get all those sort of things um, hammered out. And I, I think that's important. I, I think that, that's a God worth following, you know, a, a God who is willing to be transparent about his judgments, about his actions, and is, is w- willing to sort of throw the books open um, to his people and to say, you know, check out the decisions that have been made, um, check out the, the dilemmas that, that heaven has, has had to tackle o- over those years. And um, it would certainly be interesting to be a, you know, a fly on the wall in, in heaven right now to see you know, what, what the thinking is you know, behind you know, letting this COVID pandemic go on. And um, I mean, it's interesting. You know, the, the, the article I, I mentioned before, you know, after the war is over, actually says there's been a lot of positive things about COVID. We've learned a lot. Um, it's difficult to say that, you know, that's sort of, you can only say that with a bit of a lump in your throat considering the, the deaths. But mm. um, we've, it seems that a lot of us have really been taught some lessons about priorities, you know, what's important when it really um, comes down to it. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah certainly a, a time to, to reflect and take stock, isn't it? It is indeed. And, you know, when you talk about God setting aside a thousand years just for answering questions, that's mm. not an insignificant amount of time. It's not. It's not. Um, I mean, you know, a thousand years for us seems, seems like forever, but when you, I guess when you think about the depth of the questions that need to be asked and the, the thousands of years of human history that need to be reviewed, it's probably just as well. You know, you'd need a thousand years at least, and you'd need a, a lot of people involved to really get, get through it all comprehensively, I think. Yeah, I mean, when we have a, you know, a major investigation like a royal commission or something that takes place here in Australia, it's, it's something that takes place over a significant amount of time because the idea behind it is that they want to be thorough. And when God says, yep. okay, we've, you know, we've had this sin problem for around about 6,000 years, and so we're going to be thorough, um, we're going mm. to allocate, you know, seven, you know, the, 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 the seventh 
thousand years or the, the, the next thousand years to answering mm. questions. It's a recognition by God that humans have a lot of questions, that we only see a small picture of what's going on in the universe and that he's going to do something about it. He's not going to leave those questions unanswered and he's willing to face up to the tough questions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's interesting you know, how often these, you know, royal commissions and inquiries these days are actually focused on, you know, issues of, of governance, you know, on how well authorities handled a, a certain uh, issue. I mean, the, I guess the most high-profile high one in recent times was, you know, the Royal Commission into... Um, uh, Institutional into, into how, in, child yeah, abuse. Yeah, into how institutions dealt with um, with child, you know, allegations of child abuse. Um, I mean, the child abuse itself is the horrific thing, but but the yeah, but what that investigation was looking at was, but you know, how did authorities deal with this? How did church authorities? How did you know leaders of of the Scout Movement, leaders of the YMCA, um, you know, le- leaders of of government um, homes for you know for disadvantaged kids. Um, and the police and, you know, and and everyone, because in the end, that's really what, what you want to know. I mean, we, we all know that awful things happen, um, but what we want is a sense that the people in charge are doing the right thing and that there will be justice in the end. I think that's a really important human impulse for us. It is fantastic. What else is coming up in uh, this month's signs there, um, Ken? Well, look, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, there are some, some COVID reflections, you know, the great supermarket stampede, you know, what the heck was all that about? You know, the, the toilet paper thing. Um, uh, interesting to look at that. Um, and it's interesting to look at people at different stages of life. I and mean, we have a really fascinating article, um, by my colleague, Mary Ellen Fairfax. Um, she's a, a young adult and she talks about, that sort of situation that she had as a young adult trying to figure out, you know, what, who am I? What is my direction in life? What is my calling? And, um, and I guess, you know, some of the language that people use these days, what's my personal brand? You know, what's, what's my brand identity and, and how she sort of unpacked that. Um, that's a really, really fascinating, um, article. I mean, she's, um, and look, if you're, if you're listening to Faith FM regularly and you hear the, um, the, the science radio, um, show, you, you'll hear her, you know, talking about that and going to that, into that in a little more depth. Um, quite fascinating stuff. But, um, look, I guess one, one that I really would, would like to talk about is, um, is an, another article, um, that discusses the idea that origin stories matter. Um, you know, the, the Marvel movie, uh, series has been really big about origin stories. You know, you had this Avengers sort of, you know, collective of superheroes who go out there, you know, smashing the bad guys. But one by one, we've seen these movies emerge that look at each of these, uh, Avengers and goes right back to their origin story to figure out where did they come from and why are they the way they are? And it seems that we're fascinated by this. Um, you know, we, we want to understand, we want to go back to the origins. And, um, and the, the author, um, Lindell Peterson, um, uses this as a springboard to say, well, you know, what do we believe about our origins, about where we came from? I mean, this is important from a personal point of view in terms of, you know, your family of origin. You know, did you grow up in a loving family or, or an abusive or, or dysfunctional family in, in some way? Um, you know, and what impact does that have on your future? But, but also she looks at, you know, various ancient cultures and religions and mythologies and what they believe about, you know, the, the creation of the universe and life and, you know, where humans came from. And, and she says, you know, what you believe about those things actually 
has an incredible impact in how you see yourself and and how you understand um, life and and what it means. I mean, in the same way that your you know your family of origin story has a, a real big impact on who you are as a person, it also matters whether you believe that you know, for example, that you know some like ancient Greek mythology you know that involves you know gods doing battle and war and humans are sort of almost an accidental byproduct of you know of of, of some you know terrible. God, you know, raping someone else, or you, you know what I mean. This, and a lot of these um, sort of ancient mythology uh, creation stories are, are like this. But um, what Lindell does is she contrasts that with the with the biblical story, um, the biblical creation account of a, a loving God. You know, there like kneeling right down in in the in the dirt, shaping the first human being. You know, with his hands. Uh, breathing into his nostrils the the breath of life, and and he became a living soul. Um, and to create this garden, you know, for that first man and that first woman to to live in, um, it's a very very different picture. You know, this this picture of of a loving God who um, who cares about love, who cares about his creatures, and it's not about revenge or, or violence or. Um, you know, or humans being some accidental byproduct of incest or, or whatever. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's this really, really beautiful picture. And, and I guess the, the question is, um, and it's very relevant as we look around the world, you know, right now, you know, who are we? What is our future? Um, are we important? You know, do we have inherent human dignity? Um, and these are questions that can be informed by our understanding of our origins. Yeah, and it's a fantastic picture where, you know, God creates not just the first human being, but the first human beings, uh, male and female, designing us for, mm. for love and for companionship. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, and God declares it very good. Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, um, you know, sometimes we, when we look at, you know, male and female, for example, um, a lot of religions have been really like down on women in particular. Um, and they've sort of seen women as dirty or unclean or impure or a temptation in some ways. You don't see that in the Bible. Not at um, all. Yeah, God, God says creation is good, creation is good, but it's not until Eve comes on the scene that he creates Eve to be a companion to Adam that he says it's very good. Um, it's like humanity is only complete with, uh, with male and female. And it's interesting because this actually links with our front cover story, which is Wonder Women of the Bible, you know, sort of keeping the superhero theme going. And it's interesting as you read through the Bible, you see these incredible women who, um, I mean, Deborah, you know, a, a judge of Israel who, um, you know, she, she had generals and soldiers under her, like coming to her, please tell us what to do, Deborah. You know, she had the wisdom, she had the direction, um, she had the presence of God with her. Um, or women like Rahab, you know, incredibly brave, um, you know, at, at risk of her life, you know, she, she did what was necessary to save her family. She saw the hand of God in the movements of history, even though her nation was, was threatened. Um, so, yeah, just in, incredible uh, women through the Bible. Um, if you read it carefully, you know, you find these characters. Yes, they're living in a very, you know, male-dominated patriarchal culture, but you get a really clear picture that, you know, God is able to use anyone um, and God definitely used um, these women. So it's a, it's a very 
also empowering uh, message, even a even a feminist message. I know that's a red flag for some people to say that, um, but yeah, there's um, yeah lots of uh, inspiration and thought provoking stuff in this month's Signs of the Times. Fantastic, Kent Kingston, Kent Kingston from Signs of the Times. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, it is time for question of the day. And our question of the day today is, did Jesus go to hell when he died on the cross? Mm. Now, the questioner has proposed that Jesus went to hell when he died on the cross, and the reason for that was because he got angry when he was in the temple. Well, the Bible says very, very clearly in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, I think it is, that Jesus never sinned. Mm. Okay, so we know that... Uh, when he got angry, that was not getting angry and sinning, uh, which would mean that he was deserving of hell. However, there is this interesting verse in the Bible, and a lot of people have quoted me this verse and said, Aha, Jesus went to hell when he died and uh, came back out of hell when he rose from the dead. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, For Christ also once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which were which sometime were disobedient when the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now this verse really comes down to the presupposition that you come to it with. If you have a presupposition that there is a place of eternal hellfire, then you're going to conclude that the spirits in prison must be spirits that are in hellfire. If you have a presupposition that the spirit is a disembodied soul mm. and that you have disembodied souls here that are in prison, then clearly they're not in heaven and so the alternative is that they're in hellfire. And so if you have those presuppositions, you're going to conclude that Jesus went to hellfire and preached to disembodied souls that were floating around uh, in the time of, uh, you know, from, from the time of you know, uh, uh, Noah. Mm. However, if you do not have that presupposition, if you come up with a different presupposition, and that presupposition is that um, the soul is actually a person, because it does say in the end of the verse here, eight souls were saved by water. Were eight mm. disembodied spirits saved or no, eight people? people. Oh, that's right. Yep, because we are people today. Mm. That's right. And we are descended <laughs> from those people. Okay, so if you come with the presupposition that it's actually talking about people, then let's read it again. Mm -hmm. It becomes quite simple. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Who is he made alive by? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The next word is, well, the next two words are by which. Mm -hmm. So when the Bible says by which, what's it talking about? It's made alive in the Spirit by which. Mm -hmm. That's the Spirit, right? Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Yes. By, by which? By the Holy Spirit. The next thing, yep. So by the Holy Spirit. Yep. So not in the flesh. Yep. Not, in, not, not literally, but by the Spirit. He went and preached to the spirits in prison. Okay, who are the people that are in prison? Well, the Bible says that uh, they were from the times of Noah. What does it mean to be spiritually in prison? If you go to Romans chapter 7, the Bible will answer that for you. 
Romans chapter 7, um, oh, the, the last 14 verses really, the Bible says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Hmm. Yeah. If you have been sold, that means you are a slave and you are in prison. Yeah. The whole chapter here talks about being captive to sin. Then if you go back to Genesis and read the story of Noah, what you're going to find is in Genesis chapter 6, God says, My spirit will not always strive with man. His days will be 120 years. And so Jesus was preaching to the antediluvians by the Holy Spirit. He was not preaching to disembodied souls that were in hellfire. The Bible says nothing about it in this passage, and there is nothing to indicate it. Mm. The only way that you can get there is by beginning with a wrong presupposition and then assuming a whole bunch of assumptions. Well, oh, that must be hellfire. Oh, well, Jesus must have gone to hellfire. The Bible says nothing about that. Jesus rested in the grave from Friday to Sunday when between when he died and he resurrected. He rested in the grave according to the commandment. Mm. The Bible says rest on the Sabbath day. That's what Jesus did. It's an example for us um, that we should rest on the Sabbath. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.